Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here today with Professor Carl Rogillo of the Will's Eye Hospital. Carl, welcome back to Retina Synthesis. Thanks, Carmen. Great to be back. You've been a really a key innovator in the clinical trials of the port delivery system. And today we are going to talk about the phase three clinical trials of the port delivery system in diabetic retinopathy. For those of our listeners and viewers that may not be familiar with PDS, why don't you describe uh, the system and its operating principles? Sure. Um, well, the PDS is now an FDA-approved product, um, and albeit it's on hold uh, for use in the commercial setting right now, and we'll get into that. But um, it is a, a scleral-based reservoir device uh, to allow for a sustained delivery of a high concentration of ranibizumab. So it's placed in the OR. It fits securely in the sclera without sutures. It holds 20 microliters of the high concentration ranibizumab solution. And basically it uh, delivers almost zero order like kinetics of ranibizumab intravitreally um, over at least six, nine or more months. Um, and it is refilled in the office with a special refill exchange needle. And in the clinical trials, at least at the phase three level, uh, it was fixed uh, refills in the office setting. And we'll get into that because it's different in the different trials, uh, how often it was refilled. But um, it's basically a sustained release reservoir device. And, um, and it really, in the setting of neovascular AMD, has shown excellent exudative control. And uh, now we'll talk about diabetic retinopathy and diabetic macrodema. So there were two clinical trials uh, involving diabetic macular edema, the Pagoda and Pavilion trials. Can you tell us a little bit about the study designs about these sure. two trials? Yeah, these are two different phase three studies. So as I mentioned, this is an approved device for neovascular AMD, but that's its only indication. Uh, that's what it was FDA approved for. But uh, these clinical trials are now looking at how it performs in the realm of diabetic retinopathy and DME. So Pagoda was the DME study. Pavilion was for diabetic retinopathy without DME. So we'll talk first about the Pagoda. Uh, so the study design Pagoda, as you would imagine, it has to be controlled against a standard, standard of care, which is intravitual ranibizumab injections. So this is a head-to-head -head study with the port delivery system in patients with center-involved DME. They had to have some degree of decreased vision. This is very similar in terms of the inclusion criteria to virtually all the DME studies we've tested with anti-VEGF therapy. The control group is monthly intravitreal ranibizumab with the primary endpoint of this two-year study at week 60, 64. Interestingly, the control group is 0.5 milligrams of ranibizumab. Um, you know, in the US, for DME, it's 0.3 that's approved, but outside the US is 0.5. So because this is a global trial, they chose the higher 0.5 milligram dose of ranibizumab as the control group. So monthly injections. And what about port delivery system? For PDS, that arm had four monthly ranibizumab loading doses, monthly injections, and then the patients got the port delivery system. Then they went to the OR and got the device placed and then filled initially with the high concentration version of ranibizumab, the same concentration that's FDA approved and used in the setting of neovascular AMD. So at week 16 or 20 in the clinical trial, the arm that's randomized to the delivery, port delivery, was then had the port placed 
and then it was refilled every six months thereafter. And there is a provision to get supplemental anti-VEGF injections in that device arm if needed, if the device wasn't controlling the DME adequately. So what, what were the results? Well, the results were superb in terms of exudative control. Um, the device resulted in, the port delivery system arm of the trial, resulted in best corrected visual acuity improvements, mean, visual, mean BCVA improvements from baseline that were equivalent to monthly injections. So both arms had about nine and a half letters gained uh, by just beyond the, the one, one, one year time frame, the primary endpoint. So equivalent visual acuity gains. And when you look at exudative control, equivalent uh, reductions in central subfield thickness by OCT from the get-go, surprisingly. So we get through the induction phase with the port delivery system. And even beyond that, um, the CST continued to decline out through weeks 40, 44, and so forth, and then peaked around the primary endpoint, weeks 60, 64. So it resulted in a reduction in CST and therefore a good measure of exudative control and DME reduction that was as good as monthly 0.5 milligrams of ranibizumab injections. So most patients with diabetic macular edema aren't treated every month. So right. in a way, this shows that even compared to a very aggressive uh, treatment regimen, the PDS does very well. Does really well. In fact, it's important to say that very few people got any supplemental injections. So uh, we can say across the board, it works very well for, we'll say, all comer DME. So in this clinical trial, it was mostly treatment naive, similar to other anti-VEGF DME studies, but it also allowed for previously treated eyes too. So it is the gamut. It's the full spectrum of DME that presents to us. And so across the board, it really performed very well uh, to improve and maintain uh, disease control, the DME basically. So less than 5% of patients at the uh, first and second refill exchange cycles needed any uh, supplemental injections. And that's very similar to the degree of exuderative control we saw in Nevasco AMD. So it performed really, really well for DME2. Tell us a little bit about diabetic retinopathy treatment. So the next, the other study is Pavilion. So Pavilion is looking for uh, how well the device could improve diabetic retinopathy. So these, this study recruited patients that had DR without DME, and they had to have a relatively high level of DR. So that's levels 47 or 53. So that's moderately severe, severe NPDR. And the whole goal here is to improve by two or more steps of ETRS level of, um, uh, of diabetic retinopathy uh, and or decrease the risk of worsening. And that in turn should also decrease the risk of vision-threatening complications, VTCs. And that's either center involving DME or manifestations of PDR. The primary endpoint, however, was two or more step improvements. Now, this is a, a different type of study because the standard of care in the community is that we don't really routinely treat moderately severe, severe NPDR with anti-VEGF. We usually wait for DME or other issues. So here, it's the device implanted early on in the trial with two anti-VEGF injections in the device arm up front just to get some 
some anti-VEGF protection on board, and then the device delivers the rest over time. And the device was refilled this time at week 36. So it was nine months for the refill exchange. And the control arm here is just observation, not even a sham. So patients um, in the control arm were observed. They're, they didn't receive any anti-VEGF therapy unless they had a vision-threatening complication. So it's akin to what you would do in practice. You just wait for a problem and then treat as needed. So what was the incidence of diabetic complications, proliferative disease, and vitreous hemorrhage and macular edema in these two groups? Well, as you would imagine, <laughs> the, the group that got the port delivery system and therefore had uh, regular delivery of an anti-VEGF in their eye was very rare. The first thing to look at is the primary endpoint. Who are more step improved? It's amazing. 80% of primary endpoint, um, 80%, that's one year, 80% of patients had two or more steps improvement. In the observation arm, it was 9%. So we know that. You didn't expect improvement if you're just watching. But 80% had two or more step improvements. So if you're improving from moderately severe NPDR to moderate NPDR, you can count on having a lot less complications. And that's exactly what we saw. So by the way, the proportion of patients lose uh, worsening uh, was super low. 3% in the port delivery system arm worsened by two or more steps, whereas almost half of the patients in the observation arm worsened by two or more steps. So what did that do with regards to vision-threatening complications? Well, as we'd imagine, it was an incredible reduction in VTCs. So almost half of the patients in the control arm, the observation arm, had either the development of center-involved DME or PDR manifestations. And about a half, as you would expect, in that control arm, therefore needed at least one anti-VEGF injection. In the port delivery system arm, less than 10% had a VTC and no patient, this is the amazing part, no patient over the year that was randomized to PDS received a supplemental injection. So that, that device prevented VTCs to the point of not needing any other treatments over the course of a year. Amazing. How does it compare to the aflibercept trial? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, in the Panorama study, in which uh, there was a loading phase of aflibercept, and then dosed either every eight weeks or every 16 weeks. The every eight week um, had about 60 to 70% um, of two or more step improvements. So it performed quite as well. In fact, actually by one year, it was up to 80%, but this is after five monthly loads. So in the Panorama study, so this is sort of maximal exposure of a flibercept. And we know where flibercept works really well for DR, DME, and so forth. So in the Panorama study, five monthly loads followed by Q8 dosing. It's a total of nine treatments in year one resulted in about the same degree of two or more step improvements. So the port delivery system um, pretty much over the course of a year did as well as, as very frequent flibercept. So this is a very powerful tool for diabetic macular edema and diabetic retinopathy. Uh, these were phase three trials and the results we're talking about are the two-year results? Uh, one, both one year, the primary endpoint, we are gonna see two-year 
to your results sometime next year. Um, we should definitely talk about adverse events. Um, and there's some good news to report here. So we all know one of the main reasons why a patient or, or a clinician may not use port delivery system in a patient is because it has a higher rate of adverse events compared to office-based injections. Um, the good news here is that the safety profile is trending to look better. In the two diabetic retinopathy studies, the DME Pagoda and the DR Pavilion studies, uh, we saw a similar spectrum of adverse events with the port delivery system, vitreous hemorrhage, conjunctival issues. Um, but interestingly, because the improved surgical techniques and, and better observation and management of those conjunctival issues, neither study had any endophthalmitis. So uh, endophthalmitis rates have been reduced, at least in these two trials, based on some enhancements of the surgical protocol. And uh, that's, that's very encouraging. And even others, some other uh, adverse events like retinal attachment rates were lower and so forth. So they, they were very rare. So we're, has, we're seeing some improvements as time goes on, as we get to really understand and improve upon how we manage patients with this device. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning that there is a pause in the use of the commercial PDS system. Can you discuss a little bit the rationale for the pause and yeah. update us on the uh, course of the uh, uh, reset? Yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up. and. Um, it's, it's good timing because at the same meeting, the, the CTS meeting uh, just a few weeks ago that these data were presented uh, for the port delivery system for diabetic retinopathy, uh, it was also announced that we're making some progress um, in fixing a problem with the device that occurred um, about, started to emerge about a year or so ago. We started to see what was called septum dislodgement. So the soft silicone septum uh, in the device that would penetrate with the refill exchange needle was dislodging within the device. And that renders the device um, uh, not usable. So that was a, is starting to occur at a rate of up to about 2% of the devices that were implanted in the phase three program. And that phase three device is what was used in the commercial setting. So a pause was put on all commercial new implants and use of the phase three implant in the phase three studies. So after an investigation, it was just announced that there's been some significant progress with regards to how the um, modifications are working with, with the uh, septum holding up. Uh, and so uh, it was announced that it is hope, hopeful that we'll see new implantations in the in the clinical trials by the end of the year and possibly in the commercial setting uh, sometime early next year. So it looks like we're making great progress with rectifying the septum dislodgement problem that put the device on hold as of October 2022. Yeah, it's certainly important to rectify this problem because the promise of this treatment in a chronic disease that has been challenging to deal with diabetic retinopathy is truly impressive. It sure is. I mean, it, it really validates the whole notion of sustained delivery of anti-VEGF therapy as opposed to sort of intermittent bolus injections and with the, the problems we have with disease recurrence and, and uh, patients with delayed or loss to follow-up scenarios 
and then disease worsening that occurs. We see it in neovascular AMD, we see it in diabetic retinopathy. And um, uh, this way of delivering anti-VEGF, I really do think is gonna improve long-term long -term outcomes for all these patients. So Carl, thanks for having this discussion with us on retina synthesis. It's always a pleasure to have, have you. You're, you're a great presenter and a great clinical leader. Thanks for everything you do for ophthalmology. Well, thank you so much, Carmen. My pleasure.